Father, we're so thankful for every, every good thing that you bring our way. We know that the good in the world is from you. And every good thing comes from you, from your throne. And uh, Father, we've, we've heard several praises tonight of, of safety and of healing and uh, of your provision in big things and small. We're just so thankful for your goodness that we've testified of even this evening. Father, I'm thankful for those who uh, have committed themselves to uh, continue to be on mission or start to be on mission even if uh, they haven't been. Pray that you would help us to be faithful. Pray that you would provide the fruit, that it wouldn't be our fruit, that it would be yours, that we would just be submissive, and that we would see uh, souls saved and lives changed and whole families brought to Christ even as we've been reminded of this evening. Father, now as we turn our attention to the cross, would our uh, worship and meditation be honoring to you? Pray in Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to use the, uh, the word meditation a few times tonight, and many of you have heard me talk about the idea of meditation. Meditation in, in Christian theology is just thinking deeply. It's thinking deeply about the truths of God. And so I want us to meditate, really, the, the sign of the Lord's table, the, the symbolism of the Lord's table, is just a call for us to meditate, is a call for us to think and be reminded in our hearts of what Christ has done for us. So before we partake, I do want us to do that. And, and here are some ideas that I want us to meditate on as a congregation. The first one is this. Um, the cross saves us. Now understand, I'm going to use the word the cross a bunch of times. The wood, the piece of wood, that doesn't save you. So I'm going to use the term the cross. What I'm talking about when I say the cross is I'm talking about the Christ's sacrificial death on the cross. But to, to, for short, we'll just say the cross, okay? But we're talking about Christ's work on the cross. The cross saves us. Let's turn together to Isaiah chapter 53. It's a wonderful passage to meditate on the Lord's table. And allow me just to read to you the first six verses, and you'll see here, even in Isaiah's witness, hundreds of years before the birth of Christ, we knew that it, it would be the cross that would save us. Christ's work on the cross. Who hath believed our report? And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of a dry ground. He hath no form nor comeliness, and when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we esteemed him not. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way. And the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. Why did Jesus die on the cross? For my sin, for your sin, the cross saves us. 1 Corinthians 1.18, I'll just read to you. Paul writes, For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. 
but unto us which are saved, it is the power of God. When we are reminded of what Christ has done on the cross, we're reminded that it was done for us. It was done for the great love that God had for us. A love we don't deserve. I'd like us to sing together a song that meditates on this truth, uh, number 233. Number 233, The Old Rugged Cross. We'll just sing the first, third, and fourth. First meditation, we are saved by the cross. Second meditation, the cross humbles us. The cross humbles us. I want us to read John's account of the cross, and I want you to think how it makes you feel. Let's turn to the book of John, chapter 19. We'll read 
verses 1 through 37. It's a long account, but worth reading. Then Pilate therefore took Jesus and scourged him. And the soldiers plaited a crown of thorns and put it on his head, and they put on him a purple robe and said, Hail, King of the Jews! And they smote him with their hands. Pilate therefore went forth and saith unto them, Behold, I bring him forth to you that ye may know that I find no fault in him. Then came Jesus forth wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe, and Pilate saith unto them, Behold the man! When the chief priests therefore and officers saw him, they cried out saying, Crucify him! Crucify him! Pilate saith unto them, Take ye him and crucify him, for I find no fault in him. The Jews answered him, We have a law, and by our law he ought to die, because he made himself the Son of God. When Pilate therefore heard that saying, he was the more afraid, and went again into the judgment hall, and saith unto Jesus, Whence art thou? But Jesus gave him no answer. Then saith Pilate unto him, Speakest thou not unto me? Knowest thou not that I have power to crucify thee, and have power to release thee? Jesus answered, Thou couldest have no power at all against me, except it were given thee from above. Therefore he that delivered me unto thee hath the greater sin. And from thenceforth Pilate sought to release him, but the Jews cried out, saying, If thou let this man go, thou art not Caesar's friend. Whosoever maketh himself a king speaketh against Caesar. When Pilate therefore heard that saying, he brought Jesus forth and sat down in the judgment seat in a place that is called the pavement, but in Hebrew, Gabbatha. And when it was the preparation of the Passover and about the sixth hour, and he saith unto the Jews, Behold your king. And they cried out, Away with him, away with him, crucify him. Pilate saith unto them, Shall I crucify your king? The chief priests answered, We have no king but Caesar. Then delivered he him therefore unto them to be crucified. And they took Jesus and led him away. And he, bearing his cross, went forth into a place called the place of a skull, which is called in Hebrew Golgotha, where they crucified him, and two others with him, one on either side, one, Jesus in the midst. And Pilate wrote a title and put it on the cross, and the writing was, Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. This title then read many of the Jews, for the place where Jesus was crucified was nigh to the city, and it was written in Hebrew and Greek and Latin. Then said the chief priests of the Jews to Pilate, Write not the king of the Jews, but that he said, I am the king of the Jews. Pilate answered, What I have written, I have written. Then the soldiers, when they had crucified Jesus, took his garments and made four parts to every soldier apart, and also his coat. Now the coat was without seam woven from the top throughout. They said therefore among themselves, let us not rend it, but cast lots for it, whose it shall be, that the scripture might be fulfilled, which saith, they parted my raiment among them, and for the vesture they did cast lots. These things therefore the soldiers did. Now there stood by the cross of Jesus his mother, and his mother's sister Mary, the wife of Cleophas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus therefore saw his mother, and the disciple standing by, whom he loved, he saith unto his mother, Woman, behold thy son. Then saith he to the disciple, Behold thy mother. And from that hour, the disciple took her unto his own home. After this, Jesus, knowing that all things were now accomplished, 
that the Scripture might be fulfilled, saith, I thirst. Now there was set a vessel full of vinegar, and they filled a sponge with vinegar and put it upon hyssop and put it to his mouth. And Jesus therefore, when Jesus therefore had received the vinegar, he said, it is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up the ghost. When we think about the story that we've read, and, and we have four parallel accounts in Scripture of that same story, one from each uh, evangelist, each gospel writer. And we think about who Jesus is, and we think about who we've seen him to be in our careful study of the book of Mark. We see him compassionate. We see him bearing the truth. We see him consistent. We see him sinless. We see him full of love for unlovely people. And then we see him on the cross. It should make us feel, at the very least, humbled. That God would do that for me. That this Christ would suffer that for me. Do you notice in Jesus' conversation with Pilate, there's, there's some, some tricky verbiage here, and we won't get into all of it, but Pilate is, is talking to him about um, the nature of, of Pilate's ability to send him to be crucified. And Jesus says, this isn't your plan. This is paraphrase, this is Luke Hollis' version. God is the one who is delivering me to be crucified. It's not as though you've thwarted me. I give myself. We looked in Isaiah 53, we saw that, um, I actually don't think we read these verses, but Isaiah 53 talks about that when Jesus was led as a lamb to the slaughter, he opened not his mouth. Why? Because it was the plan. The reason for the crucifixion was for the salvation of you and me. And when we think about the cross and all that Christ has done, it should humble us. It should humble us. I'd like us to sing another familiar song, uh, just a few, few pages over, 239. talks about the humility in our response when we look on the cross. The song is called, When I Survey the Wondrous Cross.
Our final meditation uh, deals with another response to the cross. And that is that the cross teaches us. The cross teaches us. Turn with me, if you would, to Hebrews chapter 12. We'll read the first four verses of this chapter. And we'll see that the cross teaches us to endure. The cross teaches us to endure. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. The writer of Hebrews says, endure, continue the race. And look at verse 2, it tells us why. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before Him, endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider Him that endured such contradiction of sinners against Himself, lest ye be wearied and faint in your minds. Ye have not yet resisted unto blood, striving against sin. The cross teaches us to endure. When we walk away from our meditation on the cross, a meditation that, that the Lord's table leads us to, we should be led to endure seeing Christ's endurance on the cross. It's very, very unlikely that anybody that in this room or anybody you know will have to endure anything like what Christ endured. He left us an example. The book of Hebrews has already told us that Christ uh, had every uh, challenge that we have. There was, there, he, he, didn't, he wasn't exempt from the pain. He wasn't exempt from the scorn. He wasn't exempt from the, the torment of the cross. And yet, He endured. He is our example of endurance. We also see that the cross teaches us not just to endure, but the cross also teaches us to be holy. Turn back to the book of Titus. Just two books before, two letters before Hebrews. Should just be a few pages in your Bible. Titus chapter 2. We'll begin reading in verse 11. For the grace of God that bringeth salvation. What are we talking about? We talk about the grace of God. Well, grace is favor. Grace is undeserved favor from God. So what is the grace that brings salvation? We're talking about the cross. For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men. What does it do? What happens when we look at the cross? Teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior Jesus Christ who gave Himself for us that He might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto Himself a peculiar people zealous of good works. These things speak and exhort and rebuke with all authority. Let no man despise thee. As we walk away from our, our meditation on the cross, 
there are two things very practically that should be changed about us. Every time we look at the cross, we should be reminded to endure and we should be reminded to be holy. If God did that much for me, what can I do for Him? The cross saves us. The cross humbles us. The cross teaches us. In the Lord's table, we remember the cross, the broken body and spilled blood of Jesus that affects, affects our salvation, that humbles us before His grace, that teaches us to live for Him. Our understanding of the cross really changes everything about who we are, about what we want, about where we're going. I'll ask at this time if the men would make ready to take the Lord's table. I'm going to move this lectern out of the way and we will transition into our observance.